0: Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Lucas back here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and today, the special guest, none other than Brian Cron. And if you guys don't know, it's always like I say, if you know, if you don't know him, you better check Google that mo. Google him. <laughs> Google him, damn it! But I actually met Brian. Man, it's been it's been like what, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years. I mean, it's been a long time ago. Yeah, it was in Long Beach, I think. Yeah, Long Beach. to perform better. Yeah. Uh, and have I followed his work from the writing, a uh, ton of writing, obviously on his own platforms, but also for T Nation. Um, but the reason why I wanted to get Brian on is because he does. I mean, he just does gives so much great advice on coaching, and training and nutrition in a real world because he's doing so much of it online. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to jump in, jump into. And uh, hope, hopefully you guys can pressure him as much as I'm pressuring him to write a book because it's some of the best stuff out there. Like I don't read a, a ton of, like I read a ton of books, but I don't, I don't read a ton of uh, people's social media and things like that consistently. And Brian's one of the people that I always enjoy when his Friday uh, uh, or whenever you pop up with any type of <laughs> content. I've always read it. I love it. I copy and paste into a little notebook that I have. Um, and so, you know, after this podcast, like, make sure you find him, you follow him and like, just, you know, send him aggressively pressured mes- messages about writing books. So I'm just going <laughs> to frame that from the get go. Um, but you know what, like I, I actually, at least a little bit of a timeline, um, because even I'm interested in, in that got you to where you are today, you know, from, like I said, what's the timeline of, of Brian becoming, uh, a writer, online coach, and, you know, doing what you're doing now, what, what led you through those steps?
1: Well, that's interesting. Like <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Because, like how the hell did I wind up here? Um, like if I got into fitness, I think it was, I'm was 16, like, or 17. I definitely was 17. I was just working the front desk in a gym. And I just knew that, like, I always, I knew I wanted to do something in that, but I just wasn't sure what it would be. And, and then for the next, shit, I guess it's 30 years now, um, I would try other things kind of related to fitness and, or I, I also went to school and I got a psychology degree then I got an English degree. Um, Cause I thought I'd be do fitness writing and, but everything always had like a, a fitness angle to it. And, um, and did a lot of personal training while I was in school. And as soon as I graduated, uh, I <laughs> instead of getting a real job, I just, personal train full-time. Um, and then I go into other side ventures, like selling supplements on the side, but always like at at the core of everything I wanted to do. And certainly most of what I I thought about was always something to do with fitness and bodybuilding and training. But I just couldn't, for the longest time, I just couldn't jump in with both feet and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Like I always had to try to do something on the periphery that kind of involved it. And uh, eventually I just, I just succumbed to it. And, and now I'm, I'm, I just do coaching online and write when I can.
0: So when did you like, okay, so, so you're saying that basically a lot of times like you did other stuff and like fitness was the side hustle, but you knew that was, that was the thing
1: that you really wanted to do. Well, it, you know, it was, I would always, honestly, I, I just would never, I could never believe that fitness could be like, you know, what I would, you know, my full-time career that I raised my kids doing. You know what I mean? Like I just never, even though people were doing it, um, I just never really bought in, I guess. Cause I always thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm good at writing. I should be doing something, you know, with, with literature, or I should be doing or I should be doing reporting. I should be, you know, that's what I should be doing. I had these, I used to have a, big issues with the, the word should. It's always in my head. And don't, uh, don't
0: you know what I like to say, <laughs> don't, don't shoot all over yourself.
1: Oh shit, dude. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 had a, I, had a, I had to get a therapist to get that out of my head. Um, but then once I did get that out of my head, and this guy like pointed out to me, like, dude, like what you're doing is pretty awesome, and you're really good at it, and why you just do that. And I'm like, okay. And um, so then I focused a lot more, um, not on things, you know, using my skill set in in fitness, and uh, and I kind of finally, you know, finally found my legs, and I, I'm like what I'm doing now, because I get to help people and. Definitely be in the training and, you know, still get scratch that itch and, uh, but also get, go a little bit, I always want to go beyond just like the sets and the reps and stuff like that. Because even though that's cool and. Oh man, and, that's,
0: listen, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because just, that's, dude, that's what we're going to dive into. Oh boy. I mean, yeah. but that's the thing is that's why I love that you even brought it up. It's almost like a, a, a pre-frame. Uh, which I love because, yeah, ten years ago, I'd I'd be telling you the vector of force production that's the best, you know, and yeah, we'd probably both be like, yeah, man, like, well, actually, what I found it, but today it's like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, six reps, eight reps, four reps. Oh. Uh, yeah,
1: you know That's funny that you mentioned that though, because that's that's exactly how my head would be like those like 10, 14 years ago. I would be I remember being in those conversations like you're just saying, and and being passionately involved in them, but always in the back of my head, I'd be like. Uh, I don't know if this really matters. Like, you know, I, I feel almost like a fraud. Like I'm like, you know what, I, this is cool, but I don't think it's that cool. And, and, and so, yeah, it's kind of, it, I guess it, I just have to get the confidence to kind of go with my gut and say, you know what, like the fundamentals of fitness and, and the, and, you know, the principles and all that and the sets and the reps and program design. It's, it's fundamental. You, you have to know it and you ha- you'll yep. never perfect it. You have to get, keep always getting better at it, but it's just one part of the picture.
0: I think you, you, the key there, you said confidence. I, yeah, I would agree yeah. with you on that because I know that you know when I wasn't as confident, and I would be studying all this stuff. That was my uh, my insecurity would come out, right? That yeah. I could tell you, like, no, no, no. Actually, you know, I Stuart McGill said you want to drive those elbows into the pad on a you know reverse hyper because it does this. you know like it, yeah, it's, yeah. you just start breaking down like all this shit to show people that you're smart. But it's like you know none of that stuff is really the thing that's helping jenny you know lose body fat and move better you know like i mean or or should i say that's the what but like what i want to dig into is the how you know yeah and you you gotta know I'm, but you know let's be clear and i don't know if you've seen this but i think the what is a foundation right so you gotta know yeah you gotta understand the foundations and i I think that you gotta understand the body and you gotta Mm -hmm. um i mean shit i see this so much right when i'd go around gyms and consult and do stuff and there's a class going on and, you know, the class has, you know, 20 push presses in a Metcon or whatever. And 80% of the people in that room couldn't pass overhead flexion test, you know? And and it's like, well, you are destroying your, your shoulder. I'm just letting you know that right now. Right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's the foundation, right. You got to know that, like, that is very, very important. But, but, but I do feel that the majority of like where you really help people change their lives is, is like getting them to do stuff, getting them to come back, getting them to, For for it to become a part of their lifestyle, and um, that's like I mean I I I think that you you give so many awesome insights on you know the the stuff that really works. I was actually just my preparation usually for for podcast shows is listen to previous podcasts that you've done, so I I got some uh, good good (laughs) insights on that for for questions to ask. But man, have you ever like okay so today you know if I said let's cover some principles and I don't give a shit if they're like all over the place because that's how my brain works too but uh you know let's start with training and then I want to go into nutrition principles Mm -hmm. and we can we can kind of you know talk maybe about some of the what but then really kind of dig into the how like today as a coach if you know you drew a line through all the people that you coach and said well listen uh here's some basic principles that I had heard to that everybody should have heard to And then we can kind of go off and on on a rant on like all the different variables, which there's limitless, obviously, but
1: well, probably the number one thing that, and again, these are all things that probably I didn't invent, but they, they were, they were new to me. Um, just that I learned through coaching is, um, first thing, like stuff like the training frequency and, and even the, the makeup of the program, like it, you have to start with their lifestyle with the person's and how much time they can commit? How stressful is their life? Like, how much sleep are they getting? Like you have to get those variables down and, and then you build the program and the frequency off of that. Mm-hmm. So like, in other words, long story short, like, so if you have a new client and, you know, you, you don't just fire them a five day a week program, like fine, okay, well, how many days can he train? He says he could train five. Then you look at his life and he's got three kids and he's got a long commute. And you know, he's, gonna, he's not going to make it for five. It's going to wind up being four. And, and so stuff like that, you have to, like I, I the first thing I do with the client is, 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 is I get them on the phone and I go through a very basic assessment that they filled out beforehand. And I just drill down on every point because often people aren't totally truthful when they fill out a, uh, an online assessment. And what I try to look for is just the way their lifestyle, just the way they, I call it their way of traveling, like just how they go about their day. And, and that's, you know, whether, whether they commute to work whether they get up early, whether they play with their kids at a certain, all that stuff. And uh, then I build the program based on that. And that, you know, for years I did it the opposite way. Like, Oh, here's your, whatever, you know, here, oh, you, oh, you want bigger arms. Here's your five day a week arm, you know, <laughs> you know, no idea what this person's context was like. And, you know, and it's just so much, I've learned that it's so much more effective when you, You know, look at the person as an individual. Find out, find out how they roll, their way of traveling, and, and then you know, create the program based on that. And then, of course, you still got to hit the basics of the, you know, the physiological basis, obviously. But there's a lot of flexibility within those those basics that you can really tailor things to a person's individual context.
0: I got uh, those. Those are great. I want to kind of unpack. I actually, I want to ask some stuff. Unpack some stuff. I got more questions for you. But with you know. I found some of the um, similar things. I actually was just talking to Andy Galpin about this, about uh, how they spend actually months in, you know, and and he teaches a professor uh, months about first figuring out what a person actually wants to achieve and then diving (laughs) into that. Right. It's like,
1: Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: Right. Versus like reps, sets, exercises, all that shit is like way down the line. It's the last (laughs) thing you do. It's actually the last thing you do. And I still think that there's too many people that are like, Oh, Okay, I'm reading this, you know, f- uh, form that they filled out. I got them. Here's the template, blah, 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 you know, and just like add yeah. them. So I think that's one of the really real keys is, is really digging into it. Mm-hmm. And, and this, the second thing that you said is I like that too, because that, that, that is a big part of it, right? When mm-hmm. people fill out the form, like when somebody decides to take action and for instance, reach out to you as a coach and go like, hey, I'm ready. Here's, you know, I'm paying Here's the form. And I've, I've done this in my own life. Right. I'm excited and motivated. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm fired up. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'll do the five day a week split. No problem. I'll yeah, do yeah. throw, throw in a cardio, you know, give me the meal plan. But <laughs> that's at the height of your excitement where you're yeah. more confident, you know, and then, then kind of obviously the, the, the reality sets in with all the other shit. And it's like, you get the plan and you're like, fuck, yeah, okay. man, it's really difficult. Oh man, I got to pick up the kids. How was I going to, oh shit. Yeah. And then you, you feel like a, you know, I feel like the client can feel like a failure yeah. and it doesn't, it, it, it really does fall on you because as a coach, you're the person that's got to figure it out and, and get on with them and ask them some questions um, and bring, I guess, bring, bring reality to life where they're like, you know what, Brian? Yeah, you're right. I don't think I can do five days a week. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe three is a better starting point. And then if I feel great, you know, doing three three a week. After two, three weeks, maybe we can throw in a little mini bonus workout, week
1: week points or whatever, right? Like, but oh, yeah, oh, it's I, so much easier to build on success than to have to pull back because of failure. Oh, that's like. yeah,
0: that's that's a great point, right? It's, it's it's always like easier to go like, man, great job. How yeah. you know, how confident do you feel on adding another thirty minute workout in, right? Yeah, man, I feel really. I'm I'm a nine out of ten. Great, let's do that. Versus. Uh, all right, so this six-day program, I'm going to have to cut it down to two. Like, they're just <laughs> devastated. It's like, you basically, that's like saying you suck, uh, you know? So I, I think that's a really, really good good point that most people should really kick into. And here, here's the thing, and I don't know if, if, if you feel this way. I feel like in this marketplace where there's a lot of like, sign up for coaching and then a lot of templates and a lot of like, yeah. you know, not spending time with people because you don't listen to the client then you're like, here's your template, here's your thing, here's your this, here's your that. And then it really doesn't become true coaching. It just becomes some templated bullshit that's not going to help people succeed.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I, I'm always uh, I'm always leery when people get their programs for their coach in five minutes. I'm like, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I'm yeah. always
1: late. I feel bad I'm always late because, you know, you know I, I do spend some time on them, but I don't budget my time. That's the problem. Mm. But yeah, it's... Um, you know, it's, I mean, everybody, every coach works off of basic templates. I mean, like, sure. you know, this is your three-day temp for whatever. But after that, man, it's, you know, you it's, things work so much better when, again, when you can individualize and just, you know, whether it's the volume or the, or the type of exercises, obviously. Um, but just the more you can cater things to the person, it just, the better the outcome.
0: What do you have, like, okay, so, and I know this can be very, very variable. Like I have my favorite for myself, but yeah, you know, uh, when it comes to strength training, is is there I would say things that you see more often, program more often? Like for instance, full body training versus body part splits versus upper lower splits. Just with the majority, because you 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 deal, yeah. I would say, and you mm-hmm. coach mostly uh, general population body yeah. uh clients. Like, w- what do you usually program? Like I said, and I'm sure yeah. it goes all types of ways, but in general, what do you like? Uh, to, that gets better results?
1: Well, yeah. Oh, I love that question. Um, well, it, if, so if I got somebody who's early 20s guy, you know, lives at home, maybe has a part-time job, uh, and he wants to get big, and he's got that kind of time, then, you know, I think then five days is, I think five days is the gold star. Um, and again, it just hit the muscle group uh, twice a week, you know, one, one exposure heavy, the other one lighter. Um, and then progress from there, maybe adding you know intensity set, intensity techniques as, as time goes. But five days, I think, is for that for that type of person. I think is as good as it gets. Um, four days is pretty damn close. Yeah, I still think five is better. But if you have someone who's a little more pressed for time, a little bit older, um, I think the difference between four and five is yeah, it's it gets pretty minor. Um, you know, and the more busy and the more the more older <laughs> they, they are. Uh, the more four days is probably the better place. Now for fat loss though, um, I mean, it's, it's such a diet driven diet and, diet and habits and, and just overall lifestyle structure. That's what makes fat loss. Um, so they're like even three days a week, full body, you know, just don't treat like a wimp, but you don't, you know, you don't really want to crush yourself either. Mm-hmm. Um, and just focusing much more on the diet and the consistency and just, you know, hitting all those little things every day.
0: And so, I mean, I've always felt me personally, like for myself, I love the upper lower splits. Oh yeah. I like mean, yeah. you know, I'm, we're we're obviously me and stuff, and I want to train yeah. as frequently as possible and just kind of rearrange that stuff around. Yep. Um, but I, I would say that for most people, um, and like I said, yep. you know, build some lean muscle, lose body fat, not maybe put on you know get jacked and put on 15 pounds of muscle and whatnot. I've I've kind of think three days a week of full body is, is a pretty good foundation but once again yeah. I want to I want to basically make sure yeah. that we say that mm-hmm. could go any way possible because you know here here's where and I don't know if you've found this for sure people that train with us what I found is that if we gave that to somebody they would feel like it's not enough right and yeah then you gotta, and then you got to figure out other training to give them that complements it but doesn't beat them up so they're still training five, maybe even six days a week. Have you, have you
1: found that? Oh, totally. Totally. Uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, I, I forget who I learned this from, but uh, I think it was Scott Abel. But he, he would always refer, like, you have a client exercise every day. Um, and in the non-workout days, uh, that's when they do their cardio. so he called the cardio a placeholder. So, like, it's that spot in their schedule. So, you know, if, you know, Mrs. Jones likes to work out before work every day, but she's only working out three days a week. Well, this is something that she could do on those off days you know just to keep the rhythm to keep the consistency build that pattern because um, that's where you know that's when the magic happens is, is when you get that day in day out consistency getting a rhythm punch the clock kind of thing um so yeah that's definitely if you have three days a week of training you just give stuff that doesn't drain them too much um on the off days
0: yeah and i like in an ideal world i always say an you know <laughs> in an ideal world i, I actually love the uh and same thing it's just a foundation to work from like one day i'd want them to do something yep. fast even if they're older like you know yep. throwing med balls foot fire sled pull you know prowler push like fast yep. stuff mm-hmm. um one day make them do something higher intensity conditioning whatever that is for them yep. you know that that could be the circuits and stuff that most people actually do too much of by the way um, yeah. and then one day uh like basically steady state kind of aerobic, you know, aerobic yeah. threshold work. But what I what I what I try to plug in there is like give people mobility circuits to do and mm-hmm. then but make it cardio, right? So it's just like if you do a mobility circuit, you know, at a with some good intention for 25 minutes, you're yeah. sweating your ass off. But yeah. at the end you actually feel way better and you knocked out two birds with one stone. Um yep. I feel like that's a pretty good foundation. And then you kind of go from there, right? Cause if somebody's beat up, like, well, you're probably not going to have them do sprints and throws yet. Maybe, um, maybe they'll do more cardio and whatnot. And like, I know you're a big fan. I, you actually make it a really good point. And I know I'm jumping around a bit, but actually th- this will, this will play into what we're talking about. Um, But walking, you know, walking is yeah. such a obviously yeah. underrated activity. And let's see. I mean, I, I don't know if I have it in front of me, but basically one of the things you wrote about was like, how walking is uh, is so productive and beyond, you know, the extra calories that you burn, and that it's a parasympathetic kind of recovery activity. But that you get, I think you said that, like you get to think through stuff. So for me, yeah. actually, that's one of the things you think through stuff when you're walking. I'm 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 definitely way calmer yeah. afterwards. Uh, I can get extra, like my walks are a time where I'll prep for podcasts, for instance, like listen to other people's podcasts, yeah, take some notes. Um, So I'm being productive in so many different ways. Uh, But do do you like program walking into almost like make it a point that people reach certain goals or do something on a walking side of things when, whether, whether it's muscle building or fat loss?
1: Well, I do, uh, uh, again, again, it depends on the person I do. Walking is one of those things you just, I tell them just do as much as possible because you're, you're. (laughs) You're not going to overtrain. You're not going to over, you know, overstress your resources. The only thing you'll overstress is is the amount of time you have. So um, certainly I always recommend at least a 30 minute walk a day. Um, With this shutdown, uh, I've I've been forced. I was always kind of hesitant about embracing step counts. I don't know why. I guess I just found it so much stuff to count. Everyone's counting everything. Um, But I'm realizing now it definitely has merit because people are not moving as much right now. And it's, you know, it's reflected in their results. And subsequently I got to bring down calorie targets with clients. And, but just, you know, I'm encouraging them all, all right, start counting your steps and, you know, you, you know, getting above that six, eight, even 10,000, then at least things will, you know, things will keep trucking along whenever the step counts are too low. I find that people, not only do i not get the kind of results, but they, they tend to get weird injuries, like mm. lower back, um, just cause they're sitting so much, that's all it is. Um so when you get people moving and just even go for a walk, it's, that's huge. And yes, the other thing about walking is I discovered this um, more on my own is every year I used to go, I used to put myself through a, a, you know, like a a typical at a diet every year, diet every summer. And, um, I always found that doing this diet, I'd always, that would be when I'd be in my best mood just in general. And part of it, yeah, it's springtime and all that, but I just found I was very productive and I just, even though I was dieting on low calories and I should have been really moody. Um, I was just, always felt really good. And, and the only thing I could put that to is just having that daily walk. I'd get up you know, early and you know walk for a good hour. And I just found that, you know, I'd go through my day and I'd, you know, just, even if I'm listening to a podcast, you're still kind of psychologically, you're unpacking things and you're just, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's, it's every time, whenever I go away from it, I, uh, I, and then add it back. I I, I asked myself, why did I stop doing this? You know, yeah. I feel so much better.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly why when I was, we were talking before we turned on the recorder, it was like, you know, doing this uh, quarter million step challenge for May with yeah. people. It was basically my way of committing myself to just getting back to doing it. And I mean, it's crazy. After seven days, I was I was just like, why the hell would I not do this every? how like we're you know we're such irrational people (laughs) it's so (laughs) crazy it's like hey this stuff is really good it feels great but i'm gonna fucking stop doing it (laughs) it's just uh, but but it reconfirmed that and and there is there is such a huge um benefit in like adding one you know there's one thing could really alter your health i mean so i'll give you an example this is now three years ago i think you know I've, i've i've been a workaholic but for about 10 years i was sleeping I mean, I've shared on other podcasts, but it's just like way too little. I would never advise anybody to sleep as little as I was sleeping for a long period of time, like three hours a night, four hours a night, you know, just working like crazy. Yep. And I hit the wall and my, my, my hormones were shot. I mean, yeah. uh, I was fatigued. I, was, I mean, I, I honestly didn't even know, uh, to be honest with you, what feeling really, really energetic and healthy was like. I just knew what I knew, but I, I'm, I'm the type of person that pushes through. Yeah. And, you know, once I got my lab results back, you know, the doctor was like, and I, and I knew the doctor and they were <laughs> like, dude, I watch you on, on, you know, Facebook. And I'm like, looking at your, your lab results. It's like, I don't understand how it's even possible that you're training two hours a day and working 14 hours that like, you should no. be you know, dead. And I was like, Oh, great compliment doc. Thanks. <laughs> but, but, but I did vow. Like I said, I said one go, I was like, I'm going to fix my sleep. And like, you know, for a year, like, it's like this whole year, I'm going to work on my sleep. And I did, I, over that course of a year, I got to like seven and a half, seven plus hours on average. And just that, like nothing, you know, I probably, I mean, I trained less, uh, Mm -hmm. ate just about the same Mm -hmm. and, you know, got leaner. I was less irritated, happier, uh, less injuries. I mean, just, you know, the cascade, if you can just go on and on and on about it, but I fixed one thing sleep, you know, which obviously has a lot of things surrounding it, but, but I I think too many times people are like, you know, how can I, and then just fill in the blanks of, you know, adding 17 really fucking complex things versus, Hey man, sleep more, go for, you know, walk daily, change one of your meals. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like these super basic things, but if you just do them over and over and over again, uh, it really can alter the way that you look, you feel that you perform. So I think there's a huge power in that. Um, I w- I wanted to piggyback on this kind of like feeling good and healthy and long term though because uh, one thing that I do feel like in the programming that and I wanted to discuss and, and ask you because because like man like you're I don't know if, if anybody looks up the the sexy picture of you you know what I'm saying like I mean you look <laughs> I mean you look you probably should just type it in uh but you know man like you're lean and and you're muscular at you're how old are you
1: 47? Uh, turn in yeah. 47 turning that yeah so I
0: mean man like but joint friendly training right i mean in at what exercises that you, and, and and the thing is too like if somebody's in their 20s listening to this cuz that would be one of my pieces of advice to myself is forget about like getting to a place where things hurt and then changing shit up you know maybe you should change shit up earlier so that you don't get to that place um but what are some of your thoughts and insights on joint friendly training and what do you do for for your clients when it comes to that
1: well man i like like so many uh, washed up meatheads like i I, if i could take back the first 10 years of working out oh man like i'd have much better shoulders and elbows i'm sure um but you know no matter who you are you know as you get older obviously your joints just they just can't take it anymore um and, and shitty training as a as a kid or as a young person certainly accelerates that um but i find like especially once people hit 40 like not a lot of them can press overhead um and certainly not certainly not a lot of them can use a barbell doing it. Um, so, I mean, and of course then there's, you know, dips can be sketchy. I mean, basically, basically all the things, you know, all these exercises that, you know, in the articles that we've read for years, oh, we got to, you know, don't do these, you know, don't do these, these are bad exercises. All that's very, it depends on the context. A lot of people can perform a behind the neck press beautifully and have great shoulders. Just when you reach a certain age, though, those rules they tend to be a little bit more in stone. Like, you know, just, you, you can't screw with your shoulders once you reach a certain age. I mean, elbows are another thing. I mean, so just bringing it back to how I program, I mean, I have a lot of variety always, I have a lot of variety around the shoulder joint, you know, always do you know, a lot of scapular work, uh, you know, a little bit of rotator cuff work, it kind of depends, um, but really I just try not to injure people. Like that's the biggest thing. Like I think, you know, I, I think we, I don't know, I'm not a therapist, so I shouldn't say we overcomplicate it, but uh, you know, it's just like Mr. Miyagi said, man, like best block, no be there. I'm like best rehab, no get injured. So like, <laughs> well done. So, now so, my, I'm, that's, yeah. that's very, very quotable. I'm
0: going to quote you yeah. on that one. But I mean, I like, I, I know for myself, like little shit, like um, I haven't done back squats regular barbell back squats for a long time not because i can't do them it's just the the risk to benefit ratio you know yeah oh same thing with straight bar deadlifts like um i know i know joe d was given a lot of uh, love and homage to but i'm gonna do it too to chris duffin because (laughs) kabuki strength tools man like i mean seriously Mm -hmm. those are my like the little shit like uh for instance the the transformer safety squat bar their trap bar the duffalo bar that's bent, the cadillac bar i mean you know, just switching those things up and be, I can still go heavy and, you mm-hmm. know, train, but train smart and have way less joint issues. I think, st- you know, because you don't have to throw everything out. Right. I mean, yeah. it's not like, Oh, fucking stop doing this and that and the other. But um, I, I feel like the key is, and I'm sure you see this too, where you ask a person, they're like, Oh, this feels great. Right. And okay, cool. Well, let's keep that. Right. Well, this doesn't feel great. Okay, we're taking that shit out. No overhead pressing, but we'll do landmine presses. We'll do, you know, this, that, and the other. Uh, I I feel like it's just finding the, it's almost like a a foods thing, which we'll we'll probably, you know, we'll move into next. But hey, which foods do you love within this category? Well, this one, this one, this one, this one. And it doesn't bug me and it doesn't, and it feels great and I love the taste. Okay, cool. Let's do those, right? Like, all right, with pressing, what's great? Oh, dumbbell bench presses, incline uh, Cadillac bar, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. That's, we're going to rotate those. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be more crazy than that.
1: Yeah. And, and th- very good word. You said there's rotate. I mean, I think people just get, we, we've, we've written or read, <laughs> read, I've written, but, um, too many articles like, Oh, the, the, the seven best exercises for this, mm-hmm. you know, and there's certainly some exercises are better, you know, you know, the, you don't know, reasons why like than others, but, doesn't say you shouldn't do those other ones and and just you know rotate out like you. The only person who has to you know barbell back squat and you know traditional deadlift and 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 bench like it, it, the only person people who have to do that are are people who are testing those lifts or compete in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. So doesn't mean those lifts aren't bad or, or those lifts are bad, but why not have ten variations of them and just work on them for four to six workouts, get, get a little bit stronger, then bring in the nut, you know, rotate it out again. And just like, that's such a much more like joint friendly, hate that word, but you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. and you're going to get better development. I mean, just, you are going to, you know, recruit different muscle fibers and get blah, blah, blah. But the main thing is, is, is you just prevent injury that way.
0: Do you, um, like, do you have any, uh, just like, for instance, you've heard a lot about this. Like what, what are you, what do you program like as far as like length of workouts and of course like it goes back to how much time people have i I think that's for sure uh number one right i mean you can't program a two-hour workout if people have 45 minutes but yeah you know it's like just for myself this is my like i said my personal experience and opinion for myself this is not how i'd program uh, other people's stuff but when it comes to strength training like i don't think my training session I'll, i'll never say never but I don't think it'll ever be under an hour and it, and maybe mm. just because of where you know the foundations that come from from being an athlete and yeah it'll warm up and then i try to get some you know some explosive stuff in and and, and lift but you have people that say hey like you know anything over an hour is unproductive oh, uh, shit, yeah you know it's yeah it, it's yeah. like you know your your testosterone starts dropping <laughs> and blah, blah 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 and i mean uh I, I I mean I somewhat laugh at that because I'm like I don't know like I think my testosterone is fine and I train more than an <laughs> hour, but you know, like when you uh when you program that or just any thoughts around that just because you know because yeah on on the internet like look that shit people say stuff like that and fucking like I'll get people going like yo that guy said that mm-hmm. man once I go past this long like that's it you know <laughs> that's yeah, it I'm done it. it's completely unproductive and
1: and it's bullshit so uh, what do you think about that. Well, yeah, no, all those rules are, yeah, they're kind of bullshit. I mean, but at the same time, like I always take a a different view of things. Like I think when a, like like if a workout ends and uh, you have a feeling like, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like you've been looking at, like someone gave you a program and you're halfway through it and you you look at it, there's still another six exercises and you're like, oh, for fucks, I got to do this now. Like that's bad like that is bad. Like that's a sign of a workout. That's either too long or just, you know, and then you can attack the trainee for being a lazy ass, but it's just like, that's a, that's a, that's a program that's too that's long. That's a life. great point though.
0: No, but I, I, I love that you brought that up. And I actually didn't think uh, I didn't think about that, but man, because I also know, and I won't call out any, any program ever that I've done that, that had that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I train hard. Right. And it's yeah. just like, you're, you're going through the session. And like, I would create programs like this, by the way. So let me raise my hand and say I did stupid shit like this, uh, you know, as as a younger coach. Um, whereas like, you know, you're six six exercise into the program and you're like, man, you're working your ass off and you look and there's another seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your soul leaves your body, right? Like it's just, uh, and then you have to drop, like you drop your intensity by 75% to even get through the fucking thing. Uh, I do. There's a psychological thing behind I'm I'm sure if you write that and somebody looks at it, they might just be like, oh, I can't do, like, I can't. Yeah. Oh, you, they lose confidence in it. That is yeah. a great point.
1: Yeah, like you should, I, I always think a workout should end that, you know, you should be, you should be tired, but you should also be a little bit, like, a little bit jacked up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, a little, you're smashed, but you're not, you're not dragging your ass. I mean, it's kind of i um, I'm searching for the words, but it, it's, 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 it's tired, but stimulated. <laughs> like, um, you know, you know, people, Make fun of, of the late Poliquin all the time, but he did have a lot of wise tips and uh, and like his thing was always when you finish a workout, you know, client should be or client or yourself should be obviously be tired and and you know feel like you you're, you're spent, but you uh, you probably could repeat that workout in just a few hours if you had to, like if someone put a gun to your head say do it again, you know, you you would be able to. So, but if you feel like you're just so drained, um, then that's too long
0: great analogy that if you had to do it again, you could, I mean, you know, pushing the boundaries, but that's the way that you should feel. It's a great yeah. lesson for a lot of people. I mean, you know, I, and I can say for sure. Like my, my, the, my younger self, I had one, I mean, I had just one gear, like one gear yeah. I was, you know, and it was just like, eat the barbell. I mean, like just, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you told me to eat the dumbbells, I'd eat them. Like, it doesn't matter. But, but now there's, there's so much more. And actually uh, this is a good segue into, I know you guys with, um, I think with Andrew and Dean uh, in that podcast, you guys talk about (laughs) RPEs and shit like that, you know, and, and me personally, it's the same thing. I mean, I do, I do sometimes, you know what, I'll use RPEs to explain stuff sometimes. Yeah. You know, if I'm like, Hey, listen, I don't know if if it's a lift or if it's a, um, if it's Mm -hmm. conditioning and I'll be like, Hey, look, I need you to go at a pace where there's no way that you could talk to me, you know, like, and, you know, stuff like that just for them to get it. But, but in my own personal training, in 20, like I started, I lifted my first, like, weight when I was 14, mm-hmm. so like now 25 years of lifting, um, <laughs> and I've never, you know, gone to a sheet of paper and went, mm-hmm. that was, you know, a seven rate of perceived, yeah. uh, perceived exertion. I, I just, you know, I just come in, actually, this week is a great example, right? Like, last week, uh, I'm doing my trap bar deadlift, and, you know, I'm working up, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking, I mean you know, where, where I might get 480 for, for a triple one week. And because I did a lot of work and whoever, you know, all the factors play in and like 415 is feeling like super heavy, right? And I'm like, okay, listen, I'm just going to do less sets at a double. And then I'm going to move on to my next thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel that that's obviously part of the intuitive training and or coaching and teaching people mm-hmm. about, you know, how they should back off or push it. Versus now, if I had a RPE thing there, you know, like then you start going like, well, can I push it? Last week I did yeah. 480, now it's 70 pounds less. What the fuck is wrong with me? Like that, right? You start getting into the, in, in your head. Um, but okay, so how would you, actually that's, that's a question that popped up for me. Is like, how would you coach somebody on that? Then like when you're, when you're talking to your online coaching clients and, um, and you have, I don't know, like four sets of six or five or whatever, yeah to teach them like where, you know, how intensely they should be training with those rep ranges?
1: Yeah, I'm, you know, this is, this is probably gonna be showing my age or, or just showing my bias, but, you know, I just, I, I think every work set should be taken not to failure, not to, the, to, not to my kind of failure, like, or probably your kind of failure, but like should be taken to, you, you, you can't do another rep with, with really good form. And, and even just saying that it just creates this whole, there's a whole wishy washy that, you know, like, cause one, one person's failure is another person's, I got five more. So it's, it's really kind of hard and you have to, it's so like me personally, when I train, I, you know, unless I know unless I'm deliberately holding myself back until like this one last set where I kill myself, um, I'll always take sets to like a, a positive failure, at least. So I mean, I find it so I find it difficult to tell people. Well, you want to bring this? You want to have four reps in reserve? I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, 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 like I'm sorry. You know, but, you
0: know, the last time I had four reps in reserve, I was like ninety two or some shit like that. Uh, um, no, but you you know what? Like, I mean, I do I, I do more ramp up sets now, and I know yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. It's just like okay. these are my warm up sets, and I'm doing more of them. Yeah, and yeah. I'll probably do less sets than I used to to that technical failure that you're talking about. Yeah. But I just, you know, I mean, I think that part of, I mean, look, let's just fucking one-on-one of physiology is like you have to stress and challenge the, the system for it to adapt. Like, I mean, you know, um, and sure there's times where you're like, I'm going to go through the motions a little bit more and you know, and, and there could be a 20, 30% difference in reps in that technical failure of week to week for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's still a good, you know, way to go. Like, hey, last great rep that you can do, that's what you do. At least, I mean, that's at least. And then sometimes, you know, let's be real. Like, there's days where right environment, right group of people, you're feeling yeah. amped up, and fucking go for your PR um, and and challenge yourself like a little, a little bit beyond. But I'm glad you brought that up, though, because it's it's um, I think that there's there's a lot of this kind of, you know. Leave X, Y, Z in a tank. And I, I, I actually think it gets confusing for people too. Totally, uh, Especially if you're not like at least an inter, you know, intermediate lifter for some years or advanced and you've been training for a long time because we could have that conversation and I'll get it. Like if you tell me yeah. like, hey, listen, like first couple of sets, you're keeping two to three in a tank. And I'm like, okay, I got you. But for most people, it's like, what the fuck does that mean, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the hell that means. Like they just don't understand that. And so I think it's better to just go like teach people yeah. how to train hard because, you know, that's important. And know, um, it's, it's funny. Like I was, I was, I was talking to, uh, I had a podcast with Eric Cressy and he was saying, and I think this happens in training and life and business and everything, you know, that people that are like, this is my 10, right? My 10 intensity. Yeah. And then they go with somebody else and they realize their 10 is really a six. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> And so, and that's why RP, I think, becomes challenging too, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is my 10. Yeah. But then you go get around a group of people that like really push it and they push you and you're like, how did I do like 40% more reps right now, right? Oh, because mean, they're like, this is my, this is your actual
1: 10. Well, yeah, and then, like there's someone who, let's say someone just enjoys working out, but it's not really their life. You tell them to do, all right, I want you to leave, you know, with just one rep in reserve and they'll perform it on their own. And then if you, Luca, you go over there and you get in their face and you have to do the exact same thing and you want to see, you know, just, just that one rep shy of technical failure, I guarantee you, they'll be cranking out more. Yep. It's just, you know, it's just, so it is a, you know, again, I really, I think it's one of those tools that's, that if you, if you're pretty good at strength training and you, and you know your body well, and you're just, you could, you could use that tool pretty, you know, pretty effectively, but for your average person, I don't know. I always err on just doing, pushing them harder, doing a little bit more because, you know, there's a lot of people, they just, they need to be coaxed to do that, you know, and they need to, and then when they get into it, they realize how fun it is to work really hard. And then then maybe you have to hold them back a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, some people you still got to, you know, you got to kind of kick them in the ass a bit and say, you can do this, man. Like, no, I want to see more effort, more, you know,
0: actually that's, that, that's another really good point that, uh Somehow I coaxed out of you, but that's great though. <laughs> How do you, you know, where, where it's like, yes, like a lot of people you're going to have to push harder to, I mean, should I say push to train harder, but like, if you're, I mean, if, if you're coaching me, you're probably going to have to go like, okay, dude, I need you to not bleed from your nose when you're doing this you know, three days a week, just one day a week, just one day a week. Um, and, and it is. And I, and I think that's the art of coaching. The art of coaching is exactly that, that if you, if you try to be too tidy, Mm-hmm. And organized, you know, to organized world is just not real. And, you know, I think both of us have trained, you know, through ourselves so much and through so many, you know, have so many clients, so many different uh, areas that like, I've just learned that it, it the, the real world is not like that. Yeah. And, and coaching, I, I think coaching takes a lot of you, right? If, if you really want to be good and invested into the person you can't just, you know, kind of throw that stuff out there. I think you got to get more involved. And, you know, I can look at somebody and go like, they had five more reps. Right. And they're like, no, this is the last one. I'm like, no, no, it's not. You know? Uh, And then of course, then you have somebody that goes like, no, no, I took it easy. And you're like, no, you're not. You're trembling like MC hammer. Like, like, that's not like, that's not an easy set. Like you're nearly dead. And you have to be able to kind of pull those, I guess the right levers to either have them back off and get better results or push harder to get better results.
1: Yeah. And, and, and my thing is I'll always defer to making, trying to make people work a little bit harder, even if it's to, even if it's, if it's not the right move sometimes I just, you know, I just, I've just seen it so many times, like people just get over a little hump and they realize they had, they, they realize they, they always have more in them. And, and once they, you know, once they kind of, figure that out. Then all of a sudden, maybe they'll reach a place where pulling them back becomes the priority. But at first you got to get yeah. them, you know, you got to get them. Like, you're capable of this. You can do this. Yes. You're like, you know, you're strong. Because the thing, man,
0: because it's like it, that, I think that that helps them a lot more in, than in just training. I mean, it's a life thing. Yeah. right it's like hey look man like you got more in you like you can push you can squeeze more and two like i think i think recovery is really important i mean i, I think we can both kind Ooh. of agree on that right like all the yeah. nutrition quality sleep um laugh with friends you know work on your your mental and emotional health really important but it, you know I, I think that what started happening in the recovery because recovery is becoming bigger right i mean Cold plunge bass, cryo chambers, like I love all of it, right? Like yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not against it at, at all. But I think what started happening and that people started, uh, you know, going like, "Oh, what?" You know, tune the training back down. See, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not bought into that. I'm like, mm-hmm. turn up the recovery, yes, but don't tune your training down because of it. Yeah. And and so I I think that that's you're right on point there. Always make people train a little bit harder. And then you adjust the other stuff. Okay. Don't make them train hard five days a week, but Hey, those yeah. three that shit, like you should really be working us off and, you know, and then, okay, cool. Well, fucking fix yours. You know, don't tune yeah. down the triggers. Don't tune down your training, get your nutrition
1: better. Get on oh, walks, whatever else, you know? Oh yeah. That, that's such a pet peeve of mine is, is all these, you know, there's a lot of cool recovery modalities. And like you mentioned a few and, and, and all the soft tissue stuff and, you know, people will be going down all these rabbit holes and and long mobility circuits and and they all obviously serve a purpose, but they have like a glaring hole in their sleep, you know, and you're like, ah, you know, you know, fix that first. I mean, yeah, you can, obviously that doesn't help your mobility, but it helps all kinds, helps everything else. Like fix your sleep first, you you know, you know, relax. If you have a stressful job, just take, you know, even five minutes just to relax, like bring down, you know, bring your heart rate down. Just like all these things that pay huge returns. Like, I don't know, I guess they, I don't know, they're just not cool or I don't know. But, well, so.
0: yeah, I, I think that because we live in a, you know, obviously with the, the social media platforms growing, there's always this thing that's a, you know, this is the thing now. Okay. Like if you go and do X, Y, Z, you'll just recover from it. But I mean, I'll tell you straight up, like one of my issues has been and it's better, but it's hydration, you know, like yeah. I drink too much caffeine and I mean, I can relate, like, listen, I, I I started realizing that when I hydrate too little, summer comes, travel a bunch. So now I'm on flights, I get even more dehydrated. My injuries would always happen right before, right after travel, you know, like, and, um, and I'm like, fuck, I know what the problem is, right? But it's not sexy. Yep. Like I could go, get, I could get, get dry needling, but that's going to just help make it a little bit better, but it's not going to prevent it. But all the basic shit is the stuff that prevents it. Hydration, quality sleep. Yeah, move, right? Like I, um, the best analogy I heard about about movement, you know, we talked about walking and mobility, which I'm a fan of, but like I said, not to, you know, just the right dose. But it's like, yeah. it's, it's like I remember the dentist going to me, and said, Luca, you know what? You don't need to floss your teeth. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because I knew it was fucking a trick. He's like, well, if you don't need food, he's like, you don't need to floss your teeth, you're good i'm like ah, yeah. ah it's, <laughs> you, you know but, but it's, the, it's like hey you don't need to you don't need to move and do other stuff if you don't sit but we all sit so just move more like, if the more you sit the more you, the more you've got to move for it you know and, and and that made sense to me right and and so i think there's a counter to everything hey you train hard make sure you hydrate like you you know you have a more stressful life make sure you recover more um and then you can figure i mean i think that with with coaching it goes back to the same thing like if i you know, put four circles and in each circle, I put a recovery modality and say, hey, which one of these like seems the best to you? Oh, I, I want to do that one. Cool, let's go with that one. You know, like yeah. make a person choose and get some autonomy behind it. But um, I, I, I do think those are good points to like get people to train hard and then just mm-hmm. figure out the recovery stuff rather than trying to, you know, have them back off uh, on the training.
1: Yeah, because, you know, invariably, especially once you get their lifestyle a little more dialed in. And I mean granted, that's a bit of a cheesy like lifestyle what the hell does that even mean? But it's just all it is is just people's their daily their daily habits and their daily, you know, how they spend their time, like when they get up, when they eat, how long is their commute, you know, how long is their work day, when do they train um and of course when do they feed themselves around all those things and you know and also take it into account like their responsibilities with their family, their kids and whatever. Um That's, you know, when you factor all that in and make everything kind of just you, because what I've learned is you can't, you can't compartmentalize things. And and like, so if somebody is stressed because of work or the stress, you know, especially right now or lack of work, um, you you can't, you, you can't like wall that off and not expect it to like, that will affect obviously how well they sleep, which affects how well they recover. Um, and how, how they sleep affects like their appetite the, ne- the next day and obviously their energy, like everything is related. And so it's, it's, I think it's kind of what, a bit of vanity on the part of a, of a young coach is, is to be like, like, if, you know, I, I can just train my way through this problem or, or just, you know, or, you know, diet them through this problem. And whereas you always have to take a big picture, at least look at the big picture. Like if they, you know, if you have somebody on a fat loss program and they just can't they, you know, they, they're just voraciously hungry and, and the calories are, you know, they should be satiated. They have to look at you. Okay, why are they so hungry? Why are they so stressed? That's invariably what it'll be. Like, sleep or stress. Like, okay, what's going on there? And then, granted, you can't play counselor, but at least you can, you know, you can kind of shine a light on these areas. And when you get the whole system kind of at least working, pad, you know, paddling in the same direction, then things start to work
0: it's th- those are really good points and it actually makes me think about uh i, I don't know if you've had scenarios like this. this as you're talking this is the one that pops to my mind because it's like let's see probably like two to three months ago actually right before uh st- stuff started locking down i have a client come a good friend of mine and and um she was having like these back spasms and back issues and you know and we'd work around with it. She- she'd come in and stay train consistently and you know i'm trying to like troubleshooting everything that you can imagine right like we're doing yeah. frc drills for mobility and breathing and you know just all. and i'm like hey what's you know what's going on in life you know and it was just a lot of uh, personal and work stress like a lot like yeah. probably the highest in years right mm-hmm. and when we do stuff the back would get better right so we're, <laughs> yeah. we're doing more modalities then and there's like is it better oh yeah man it's like 80 percent better uh you know day or two later uh, spazzing up on me tighten me tighten up on me and i said hey you know like one thing to consider is like that you have it's like somatic stuff right like you have all this stress and but this is how it comes out for you right tension and it's specifically low back tension and it was so i mean and we talked about i said look here's some things that you can do you know if you choose to i i I said my opinion is that this is part of what's driving it. we're we're just going to train and work around it we're not going to do anything that that bugs you like we're going to do things that are more you know you'll train hard but it be like instead of doing any type of deadlift we're going to do a sled push and a sled pull and like single leg work feels fine for you great we'll do that right we're just going to work around it and but what was so interesting right that as soon as uh, uh, let's just say there was a uh, crucial conversation and addressing of the issue yeah a week later zero back pain yeah. Right. Like, and, 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 but what, what that to me said too, right. And I, I feel very confident at, at the the stuff that I do, right. I, I'm really, really confident in things that I do, but it just shows how something that's a life thing was showing like these physical symptoms that like are really tough to, to fix. I mean, you can give people tools and, and acknowledge them and shine a light on them and all these different things, but don't, you know, you also got to sometimes be like, Hey, look, I, I don't know. Or, you know, step away and look at the bigger picture and go, like, I don't give a fuck, like, how many courses you took on whatever, you know, yeah. there, there's there's life stuff that drives, you know, uh, I would say how people feel. And, you know, I, I didn't even talk about, like, how that uh, uh, made uh, the nutrition part more challenging, right? Where no there was yeah. like, hey, look, last night, I was just fucking done with it. And I and it's like, and consciously, I knew that I, you know, the word shouldn't eat this yeah. fucking ice cream, but I did it anyways, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> And and some of it is just like, man, like helping people manage that and work around that and work through it and not, and understand that that's just, that's just life.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it, I really find that like when someone is younger, you know, especially, you know, young and healthy and, you know, 20 something athlete, they can, you know, A, they don't have the stress usually, but, but they can compartmentalize things. Like they can, you know, they can stay up all night and, you know, get wasted and do all this stuff. And, you know, eat kind of terribly. And you can kind of, you kind of wall off problems. Like a coach would be like, all right, I'll just fucking worry about that down the line. So, but as you get older, you just can't do that. Like you, you, those, those kind of, it only only lasts so long and and the person will fall apart and it'll manifest itself. Just like you say, like, you either like weird injuries and just weird pain or, and then certainly just lack of motivation and just, you know, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how everything feeds each other. Like, like, you know, a good workout obviously makes you feel better and, you know, that you sleep better and you crave better foods. Um, but you know, if you've trained too hard and you get, you know, if you actually break a person down and then it's, it's, just a, it's like a a, a dance that y'all have to always be evaluating constantly.
0: since you know, kind of, since we, uh, touched on that, I, I, I kind of, want to roll into um like the nutrition part because I mean and yeah, we I yeah. mentioned it and how uh a lot and like life just affects it a lot but g- going back to like kind of that that line that if you had some rules and principles uh actually I you know those ones I, I do have some in front of me so we can <laughs> dig into that. but um you know what would you say are the 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 kind of some constructs that you'd coach everybody around when it comes to nutrition. And let's, let's, I, let's focus more on like the, the body composition change and fat loss. Yeah. Uh, Cause I know like we, we all coach more people on that side of things, yeah. not to say that muscle building isn't important and putting on weight is important, but for some, but
1: let, let's focus on that one more. Well, well, certainly like I, <laughs> I, I have a few rules of thumb. Like if I ask somebody, all right, how many, uh, you know, how many grams of protein do you eat in a day? if they don't know the answer 99 times out of hundred, it's, it's just not enough. Just, yeah. If they, and along the same lines, if I ask them, you oh, know, how many calories do you eat in a day? If they don't know the answer. It's way more <laughs> than, than they need to be eating. So, I mean, those are two things that you gotta be accountable to like, you know, if you can, you, can you get lean without, you know, tracking your calories or counting? Cal- Absolutely. You just use different ways to manage, you know, you just use portion sizes and food selection and, and you're still basically counting calories, but you're just not actually counting, but if you have to control those, those two things you have to get protein to it. Like it doesn't have to be a magic number, but there has to, people who don't know how much they're eating tip usually need to be eating quite a bit more. And, and I, I find with calories, it's just like, those are the two things that I focus on is protein and calories and then quality foods. I, I do believe that food quality matters. Um, but if you nail those things and you don't really have to get fancy, like a lot of people don't need to be doing, you know, aggressive carb cycling or, 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 you know, or whatever, they just need to get into a good pattern. So what I try to do is I'll, I'll take you through my whole process. Like I come up with some basic numbers for, for where, where I think a person should be like just their protein and their calories. Then they do a food log and I look at it and see how much they're actually eating. And so, and I might adjust the target accordingly. But from there though, I just work with what they're currently doing. Like if I got somebody who just fucking hates breakfast and unless his number one goal is to get big, but they're just an average person and they will not eat in the morning. Why would I try to force them to like, if that's their way of traveling, if that's their rhythm, okay, that's what we'll stick with. And, you know, so I always take what, how a person is currently living and just try to make it as, keep trying to make it better, trying to make it better, have it more consistent, have it more accountable. Like I try to get people to repeat the same meals a day with usually with the exception of dinner, because that would drive people crazy, but people will eat, you know, they'll eat the same breakfast and lunch and the same snack, Um, you know, for the most part, it's always the the evening meal where people get, uh, you know, (laughs) they can't eat the same, especially if there's a family context. So maybe that one, there'll be try to come up with a handful of different you know, menu options that are pretty consistent with the calories. And then from there, it's just about repeating and being more consistent and just doing it every day. Because the more you do something, the better you get at it. And the better you get at it, the more you, know, you kind of relax you're like, almost on autopilot. You're cooking the same shit all the time. Um, but it's, that's where like, it's getting that kind of that nice low-level... Like low anxiety, just day in, day out. That's the kind of where I try to get people to. And then I'll make changes, obviously, in, in terms of for dialing in, like making those meals smaller or bigger, whatever. But the biggest thing is I try to get people just consistent. Um, you know, I still want too much fussing. Like there's too much always thinking about food and thinking about this. Like, you know, A, it's that watch pot never boils thing
0: um yeah, man it's, it's funny like you, you I have that I have that like underline here because I was gonna ask you you know what you said watch pot don't boil watch body don't change what, oh.
1: what <laughs> I'm laughing at my own joke sorry <laughs> I love it <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's terrible I guess I guess what I'm saying is like over the years I I, I used to be so geeky on on just on the numbers and and just so geeky on hitting these like oh you know, i don't know but you know what i mean the precision yep like like 7 a.m eat this 9 30 this not you know what i mean boom boom and when i took a step back say, said what is the shit that really matters okay it's the calories and the protein and the food quality all right so everything else can kind of it matters but it really it's more their personal preference so then all of a sudden that just it just I don't know, it just it just makes everything a lot more relaxed and a lot more flexible, but you know, but still but still disciplined and structured, but it's their structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just that just that just raises the, the success rate so much. Like okay. I don't I, I can't remember the last time I gave someone a meal plan. They give me their meal plan and I give it back to them and I make it better. And that's you know, that's something. I love do. that. Man, that's
0: yeah. actually I'm I'm gonna that's a quotable, right? I don't give them the meal plan. They give it to me. I give them that better. I love that.
1: Um, (laughs) I I mean, I I discovered that originally because I realized I can't legally do that. Like I'm not a registered dietitian. Like, oh shit, I can't give a meal plan. And then I'm like, well, they never fucking work anyway. So yeah.
0: No, and actually like uh, all the stuff that you said uh, to kind of, because under that, one of the things you said is like, hey, keep a checklist checklist of to do's and not to do's, a training log and a dialogue. That's how you win. And in some format, you know, you're absolutely right. Like it's a process. Like, man, if you, at the end of the day, if you check off the stuff that you're supposed to do and the stuff you're not supposed to do and you, you're pretty on point there mm-hmm. and you keep doing it over and over, you're going to win. And it, it seems somewhat boring. And I, I, I agree with you like that when people are trying to change, you shouldn't have tons of variability. No. Like I would, I would consider myself, you know, I mean, pretty shit, at least an intermediate, if not advanced in nutrition, as far as like how I, right. We're not talking about what I know. I could Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I'm, I really know my stuff on nutrition, but what I do. And if you told me to make a whole bunch of changes and like cook a different, you know, uh, (laughs) meal every day, I'd lose my shit. You know, because my, you know, my friends will laugh is like, man, you're so predictable when it comes to food. But Mm -hmm. you know, I like, except for when I'm out with friends, we'll go to restaurants and try all types of new different stuff. But when I'm yeah. doing my thing, mm-hmm. like the same, because if you add variability to somebody that have a, has a tough time changing, like you're, you're just making it so much more challenging. And like, why would you do that? Make <laughs> what do you like for breakfast? What do you like for lunch? All right, cool, eat that shit. The same, You know, and then after a while, when you feel more confident, then you can go, all right, maybe, you know, two or three options, right? But at the beginning, that's not going to be I always, I mean, I laugh not, not in a judgmental way, but when somebody's like, you know, you have, once again, you know, some IG superstars, like food variability, you know, so you got to rotate your foods as much as cook as many different things each week. And I'm like, ha. And I'm like, is that what you do? Fuck that. You know, you're not doing that. That's that's bullshit. You know, it's, you got to be able to dial in. And like you said, I, I, I always like, you know, obviously basketball is a big analogy for me, but I'm like, A basketball court, you have boundaries. So you can dribble a lot of places, but you do have boundaries. Like you can't go out of bounds or you lose the ball. So to me, nutrition is like that. You create a basketball court, you can dribble left and right, but you got to have some boundaries you got to stay within, you know? And, and those can be, actually, this is paraphrasing you too, is is to, you said, to lose fat, tracking calories works. So does tracking macros and tracking portions. And then he said, wow, it's almost like simply tracking what you (laughs) eat mindfully, accurately and consistently is what really matters. Right. And, and, uh, right. And I, I, wrote that down. Cause I was like, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like you can do, you can do a lot of, like you can track in many different ways. You can track. I, I even like, you know, I'm, I'm like, Hey, how's, do you want to just take pictures of stuff? Yeah. You know, just take pictures. Cause you'll look at it later and go like, man, that's a big ass portion. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> that's, that's not the portion we talked about Luca, you know? Um, and, and, you know, you, you just have something to, it's once again, it's those boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I was out of bounds. Uh, let me, let me dial it back in. And I, and I think that you got to, as a coach, what you got to figure out is what is the thing that has the least resistance to, um, to people? Because uh, I don't know if you, if you, if you read the book, actually, I just, I'm just finishing it. It's uh, Jonah Berger's called a catalyst, how to change yeah. somebody's mind. And it's, you know, he talks a lot about removing barriers versus adding shit. Right. And, and, uh, and one of them is obviously the autonomy of choice. You know, I like, hate choose what you want to do asking a lot of questions and not telling mm-hmm. uh, building the trust before, you know, you're able to like, not nah, do this. And, um and it just, you know, and it talks about endowment and all, I mean, it's, it's really, really good, but this is like, everything you're saying is falling in line with those things. It's like, Hey, you got to make it as simple for people to do this stuff. I don't care if it's right. Or if, you know, you read this research and shit, like it, it, if the person's not going to do it and it doesn't, is not simple enough to, to make them believe they can do this at, you know, moving forward in their life. Like it's not going to work.
1: No, no, it's, it's, yeah. Like, you, the, the simplest way is always the best. I mean, I mean, it, it, I don't know where this it, it came about that. Oh, you have to be, you have to have complexity and you have to have, and, you know, I can almost see that with training. Sometimes you do have to, you know, you know, training you can get pretty specific and get pretty complicated, but at least with, Nutrition for body composition, not nutrition for like, you know, you know, curing disease or, (laughs) but for, for basic body composition, simple, the better, man, just hit the basic targets, let people live the way they want to live and just keep them in those, like you said, keep them in those boundaries. And you know, if they want to have a very small lunch and a big dinner and and that's how they, that's how they roll fine. Just build the, you know, build the numbers according to that, like build the plan around that. And it's just, it's, 10 times easier like the like in terms of like your success it's so much easier
0: but you, but you made a good point too i i heard you say this and i, I don't know if, if i read it somewhere if, if i heard you say it somewhere um that you're perfectly fine with making rules though and and i also agree with that too yeah uh, where we've kind of fallen into this trap of you know i don't know like for instance right we we know intermittent fasting is not magical and some, you know, yeah. it just creates a cascade of hormones that make you Wolverine-ish. You know, we know that, <laughs> um, it, we know that like eating tons of carbs at night doesn't change, you know, it doesn't matter if everything else is the line. Right. Yeah. But you, you, have mentioned too, before saying to clients like, Hey, listen, uh, no carbs or low, you know, yeah. not high carb after 8 PM, 9 PM, whatever time it is. Um, and that that's worked well. And, but you sometimes, if you say that out loud, there'll be a backlash from some, oh, you know, yeah. some person that's like, <laughs> uh, well, Brian, I don't know if you knew the research, but <laughs> the research. research says it's perfectly fine. to eat cards at 11. So I think you're, you're mis, uh, misleading the client, you know? <laughs> um, know. But it, what, you know, how did you get to that where you're like, fuck it, I'm, you know, I'm gonna make these rules and the rules are working. You know, like
1: what, what made you make that call? Well, like like a lot of things, it's it's from my own <laughs> my own trials and tribulations because, like for me, like my 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 shit my crack is uh, is peanut butter, and and I've and I've done a lot of unpacking. I, I realized it's when I was a kid, <laughs> my mom used to make me a peanut butter sandwich before I went to bed, <laughs> so I mean that's and now I just associate that with just I just love it and when I'm in like just a normal phase of life and like not in a deficit by any means and just. I could have a jar in my fridge or in a couple jars and, and just, it's fine. But as soon as I feel, uh, you know, as soon as I'm dieting and, and I, this is what I found over the years is as soon as I start to diet, I craved it a lot more and I'd always get into it eventually. Like even, and I could then, obviously then the next day I'd feel like an idiot. And, and so finally I'm like, like this, I was like, you know, fuck this stuff. <laughs> you know, like this, like I, I you know, I'm, I'm not going to kill myself. Try to be, be better than this this damn jar of peanut butter i'm just not gonna have it in my house you know and it, it doesn't make me a bad person maybe it makes me weak in this one particular context and that's fine you know and it just i realized that there's a lot of things like that it's just you know not everything has to be a fucking willpower like a battle of willpower like sometimes it's just it's just easier just to have a rule and just stick with it so like
0: yeah and see, I see you know what's what well, you made a great point because but because I think that science actually overrides the the what science, right? Because because we're talking like the willpower science is the how science. Like, dude, why why are you trying to like use all this willpower to not open yeah. the jar of peanut butter? Like, when you have and you have every you have every different peanut and almond butter in the world, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. like there's seven of them, all the best ones, and you're like, ah, 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 you know, like Tuesday, I fucking didn't do it, you know, and by Wednesday you're crying, you know, like versus just yeah. not having them at home because we know yeah. we know that we know that the you know what's really interesting I, I and I can't remember where I read this, but that you know the most successful people and it was like different areas, they you know they they didn't necessarily they didn't actually have more willpower. They just created environments that were more conducive to them doing the stuff that you know led them to success, whatever that is, you know, nutrition in their body or business or whatever else. So they just took those barriers away. So it's, it's like, it's smarter, right? Like, uh, why would, you know, but, but once again, the reason I bring it up is because somebody might go, yeah, man, but you don't want to take that away from, if people love peanut butter, they should be able to eat peanut butter. Right. And now my response would be like, cool. Well, on Friday, when you go out, like have, I don't know, some peanut butter ice cream, don't bring that shit home. Yep. You, you know what I mean? Because it's like, now you're able, once again, what are you doing? You're controlling your environment right versus you know trying to just battle with that but I, I thought that was great that that you said that out loud because um i've seen this where a lot of you know folks now are like they're 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 so deep into one piece of science not understanding yeah. it. it's so interconnected like our psychology and our physiology and our neurology and like you can't just look at one pocket you know, and, and just go like, well, look, here's what they said. And it's like, well, yeah, but the, it's not working. Jenny's still eating a tub of ice cream every night. <laughs> I mean, like, so we, we, we got to make sure that we we switch this shit up.
1: Well, yeah. And it, and it always, again, it, it boils down to who are you trying to serve? Okay. Well, my job is, you know, I got to serve my clients. Okay. And I try to get to know them as best as I can and, and, and just help them succeed. And so if I got somebody it's a stressful job and they come home at, let's say they always come home late at like 7.30 um, and and they'll eat and then they'll kind of just stew around and then at about 10 o'clock the fridge opens and the real eating begins. For someone like that, yeah, I can give them fucking chapter and verse about, oh, it's calories in, calories out, 24 hours, and blah, you know, all this stuff that's true. Or I could just tell them at, you know, at 9 p.m., if you open that fucking fridge, you will have a stroke and, and fall over and die. You know, or, or, or you'll just, you know, something like that. We have a rule, like no, no food after X time. Now, granted, you're, 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 yeah, I guess you're lying to them. I, I still, obviously, I, I explain it. But when you just give them a hard rule, though, it's just easier. And you're not, you're not lying to them or misleading them or making them um, uh, too dependent on, on whatever. It's just, you're just working with them it doesn't mean that eventually you know when they maybe get through this stressful time or they or whatever they just learn to manage stress better then you can kind of get rid of these silly rules but especially when you're under siege you're under stress like like bringing myself in again like whatever like whenever i'm under stress and things aren't happening well and i'm whatever whether it's money or whatever the first thing i do is just look at my structure and just look at okay where are my bad where are the boundaries where the barriers where am I spending my time? And just basically like putting myself back into elementary school almost. And just, you have to, those kind of tools just work so well. Mm.
0: And it's, you know, the other great point too, is like, just because you're doing that now, doesn't mean you have to do it forever. Like once people kind of get a handle of, um, for instance, like not eating at night, right. And their, their self-esteem builds up and they're getting results. And yeah all all of those things like that you'll be able to you know kind of widen the boundaries a little bit but why why would you even why would you make it harder if you need to make it harder you know what i mean like um it made me like when you said like the the whole opening the fridge thing i think that would be like a a good business idea it was like you know (laughs) set a timer and like you open the fridge after nine and it's like the the you know it releases the worst skunk smell that makes you vomit or something like that so you're like fucking i'm not touching that um, I think that would program people pretty well to not open the fridge after nine. Uh, we can so. we, we can talk about that business idea later. <laughs> 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 like you see, 2021 bestseller on Amazon, shit's working. Um, it oh it was it, you know what's funny. It's like you uh, I I saw life. Ex, uh, this is another note that that you had. A life extension isn't all pill, uh, pills and needles. Thirty minutes walk. So this is your this is your checklist: thirty minutes walk per day, lift weights three times a week, daily sunlight, sleep seven to nine hours, test for CPAP, which I think is actually really really uh, smart, uh, floss, regular cancer screening, wear a seatbelt, don't text and drive, laugh, uh, have a life purpose, and don't eat el- uh, eat yellow snow. I, <laughs> I do most of them except for the last one. it's just been been a really tough one for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, but man, you know what? I, that's so like. That list is actually just such like if you were able to check off the majority of those, I guarantee you like if I meet you on the street and I and I see you, you look like and perform like a pretty damn fit person, um, and there's and there's no dialing into some crazy extremes of carb cycling or you know whatever else, it, so in in a grand scheme of things, I really feel like you know because what we've been talking about is like the what isn't it really isn't that complex i I, and and i i usually tell people like hey if you know nothing about nutrition if you go on google and i give you a couple of good resources in two weeks you'll you'll know all the what that you need to know about nutrition totally are you gonna are you gonna be you know uh dr john berardi no like but (laughs) but 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 you'll but the thing is but you'll know all the stuff that you need to know you won't need to know more right in two Mm -hmm. weeks the, the tougher part is how are you going to do those things? Yeah. And I feel that, like, that's the same thing with the training, right? I mean, for most people, it's, it's not, it, you know, it's the, to, to me, the magic is in how. And I yeah. feel like that's what we're there to do is help with the how, uh, educate on the basics of the what. Mm-hmm. And if people want to know a little bit more, cool, that's fine. Yeah. But what we do is
1: help them with implementing in the how. And that's like, that's where all the success lies is, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get just kind of drunk on, on learning, like learning cool shit. And man, I, I was guilty of this, especially, you know, 10 years ago or so. I just wanted the, wanted to know the cutting edge of everything. Like, even like just, especially bodybuilding and shit and just stuff that couldn't barely interest like a handful of my clients, but I, I had to learn it. And and I realize now I shouldn't be learning stuff like business. Um, but, you know, it, it's very, you know, it's very easy to get in that, that trap where you, you think, you, Oh, I got to learn more. I got to learn more. When really what you got to learn is, is just delivering it better and just helping people not buy in. That's kind of a bad word, but just helping people just, just it into their lifestyle and like pain relatively painlessly and just, you know, like that's where the the mastery lies. It's just, you know, showing someone, you know what, if you just do these one or two things, these one or two tweaks to your current lifestyle, you know, man, you're going to get great results. And then after a while, they will do another one or two things and learning to do that and and making those, making those, those, the right decision at the right time. Because everyone who shows up to you, they probably have 10 things or a hundred things they could be doing better. So you pick the ones that are, have the biggest impact and, and, so or you can just start with one and you fix that. And all of a sudden, you know, there's momentum and there's, and then you can fix another thing. And it's like, whether they, you know, what their muscle fiber type is like and all that, like, that just never, it just, it, it's cool to, you know, it's, it's cool to learn the esoterics of strike training and stuff. And, and certainly I think it makes you a better coach, yeah. to, you know, but you know, when you're working the things that are, that make or break, especially, especially fat loss, it's all stuff with, implementing these basic rules into someone's life.
0: You know what I wanted to add, because as a coach, and you mentioned business and stuff, but like, yeah. I mean, you've been a writer for a long time. I, you know, I've, I've always really enjoyed your, your writing, you know, and one of the things you say is like, how do you, you know, educate people and relay these things simply on the side of being a coach and, and writing. Um, I mean, I mean, one, I really think it's important. First of all, um, number two, though, like, how have you, you know, how has that helped you? Two ways, right? One, how, it, how has it helped you getting clients? And then also, how has like writing helped
1: you become a better coach? Oh, I mean, oh, man, like writing is, yeah, I mean, huh, where'd I go with this? Like, like that's, writing was, was you know, you know how they said everyone kind of has like a, I hate to use the word superpower, but or just like, like some people are excellent on video, and some people are just great they're just great at training. They're just physical beasts, and you know, I think probably the one thing I'm better at naturally is writing. Um, but I say that naturally, but I fuck, I did a lot of it in school, and you know, I did that for years. Like I was an English major. Oh, and then I did time uh, as a journalism major. Like I've done so much writing, and then I, um, and then I worked for teenage for a few years and. I was an associate editor. So basically I cleaned up all the articles that are on there for years. I, I rewrote them essentially, not rewrote them, but just made them grammatically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what gets you good at writing is doing lots of fucking writing. Um, but so that kind of put me in a, in a good position that, cause I learned, I learned how to write succinctly, get my point across, you know, not try to be too cute and just, and, and then I, and basically connect with, the end reader. Um, and I think that's, that has helped me a lot. Like certainly most of my clients, they say they found me just by just reading my stuff. Like it's, you know, whether it's on Facebook or sometimes my blog, it's just, and I think sometimes it's the, everything's going to video now. And, and I think writing is just such a core skill. And, uh, whenever I'm like Feeling insecure about my job, I'm like oh, I should be doing more on Instagram or more on this. I was to remind myself, you know what? At the end of the day, I should stick with writing. That's so probably what I'm better at. And I'm shitty on video anyway, so it's probably a good but, thing. You know what? I, I, this
0: is this is the second in a week. So, like, uh, actually, Jordan Science, uh podcast is, is going to release today, which obviously for whenever people hear this, it's weeks ago. But the, <laughs> but what's what's interesting? Like, he he threw a curveball on the side of like. You know, most people think that IG is where he built his online business, but it's not. And he he was very uh, clear and adamant about that writing, you know, longer articles and really putting time into them Mm -hmm. where he actually that's where, you know, less people read it. But the ones that read it or really got into it and reached out to him and not IG. And, you know, his IG content is better because of the writing that he does. And he recommended most people actually start writing. I personally you know I I haven't written uh I would say nearly as much as you but man the, the first 10 years of my coaching career that's all I did was writing um mm-hmm. uh, major- I mean I I did YouTube videos too but my YouTube videos were more like look at me luca Strong I do crazy <laughs> exercise you know like or you know I'm doing some shit you can't but mm-hmm. and then I, I really actually do love video and I've the last yeah. you know many years I've spent uh, a ton of time but I on video but I, the the writing helped me out a ton because it helped me articulate things better organize my thoughts um mm-hmm. you know you, you you have to you can't write a good article without research and organization and editing and you know i've had people to look up to and to help me with like from you know nate green would edit my stuff and we'd talk yeah. about it and go back and forth and um and like i would always follow you and obviously look at the structure and yeah. really like study good writers and go like hmm like, let me rewrite an article in the same structure as, as this person that I really lo- love their writing, but then plug in my own content. And then you, you know, and then you improve it over time, but it, it's, this is, you know, this is the second time this is coming up. And I, I think it is really important because I, I'm actually in the middle of writing another long article. Cause I was like, I got to get back to writing and I do enjoy it. I just think that, you know, video is easy, like it's easier, right. Cause you just turn on a camera and you go. Um, now I think to get good at video, same thing as writing. You got to do video and you got to work on your pre- presentation skills. Uh, but I, I did find that writing helped me with everything. Writing emails, writing Facebook copy, content, you know, mm-hmm. all of it. And, and it helped me speak better. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And, and, you know, it's like, hey, this is what you do well. Yeah. Let me keep doing it. And look, I, you know, I read your Facebook, uh, that what I brought up at the beginning, like all these different tips and some of like I said, some of them that I have here uh, that I store that I really love, like that's you writing on Facebook and I'm engaged. I can't wait for you to write another one. Right. So this is a lesson for every coach. I think that's, um, listening to this, that you should invest time in your writing. Like I, I actually don't know almost anybody, um, you know, that I've met in the last 10 to 15 years from, you know, uh, the Eric Cresties, the Martin Mm -hmm. Rooney, Mike Robertson's that like, I mean, let's go on and on and on and on. And like, every single one of those people wrote yeah and and did blogs and did articles and uh and so you know if you if success does leave clues i think you might want to take that into account and go like uh okay this is this is probably a a great um skill and i think it's a lateral skill right like Mm -hmm. you can take writing into whatever yeah anywhere like it'll help you with anything
1: oh totally totally and uh if you're like, it's for me, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it's also very therapeutic. Like if I, I spend time on something and, and it turns out well. And, and I mean, I've, what the expression is, uh, I hate writing. I love having written. <laughs> so, I mean, so, <laughs> so they fuck sometimes I just don't want to sit down and, and, you know, I stare at the computer screen and that's always stressful. But when I do write something that I'm proud of, it, it is, there's, to me, there's few things feel better than that.
0: Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I mean, like I said, and it's not because it does take some, uh, I, I mentioned this before, but uh, I, I started on, I was like, I'm going to write this really in-depth nutrition article, you know, long <laughs> copy. And I, and it was like, okay, it's going to be 5,000 words. Uh, and it ended up taking me months and months and months and ended up being like 24,000 words, which is pretty much a damn book. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it's on a bigger side. I don't know. I don't know how many people have read it and how many people are going to read it, but but, but here's the thing, me writing that article made me so much better at yeah. articulating our nutrition philosophy, uh, what works, what doesn't work, you know, just, yep. it, it just, it just did. And like, now I can riff off of that on, you know, IG, on podcasts, on whatever, you know? So I feel like there's not enough coaches doing that because it would just really benefit them at being a coach, communicating, articulating, actually connecting with clients more. You know, I went through to write 24,000 words. I went through, I, I shit you not, probably like 150, you know, PN articles on T Nation and rest. I mean, it was hundreds of articles to like kind of curate and, and, and organize my own thoughts around it, you know? And so uh, there's a huge, huge, huge benefit to that. And I, and I hope that people that listen are kind of getting an aha, aha moment um, because it will elevate you, you know, I, I guess above the people who just aren't willing to do that work.
1: Yeah, it's, um, and, and you can really, you really make an impact on someone if, if you can, I don't know, it's one thing I've, if when I read something that, that really kind of speaks to me, I know that sounds pretentious, but, um, you know, it, it'll stick with me for a long time. And I'll go back, like, I go back to articles that I've read 10, 15 years ago, and I'll still, I'll this always be the back of my mind. And I'll i going to go back and just, you know, not, not even just because the information is so good, it's just, I just really liked it. And, you know, I've met, you know, I've met so many really cool, inspiring people just through connecting with them, with their writing.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I would say the beginning of my, uh, you know, the way that I found most people when I was still living in Slovenia, uh, and, uh, you know, I was reading T Nation, and Elite FTS article. There was a <laughs> bunch of sites that I would, And that's how I found out about everybody, you know, and then I'd click on their site and then read their articles and then buy their products and go to events and meet them. You know, I mean, it's, it's legitimately how, because you'd read the article and be like, if you read, you know, five to 10 articles, you'd kind of start to get to know the person and (laughs) thoughts and principles. Right. I mean, it was different than today, but, uh, but I'll still like even though i I definitely read less than I used to, I will still read good stuff and, and and I think that's the other point that's been shared a number of times is you know this idea that people don't have an attention span, right yeah um, now, I just think that people don't have an attention span for mediocre shit, like yes, yeah, you know i just I just devoured the the last dance and I'd do it again, and that's ten hours, you know like <laughs> well, I've read long articles, I've watched you know hour and a half long videos on or webinars i just got to be interested it's got to be uh it's oh you good you alright, Brian? damn i'm are you hearing me i think that uh i think we might have lost brian
1: Yo, I'm back. I'm back. All right, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, yeah, hey, I was
0: good. getting, I was getting, I was getting ready for the outro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man. Okay. No, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's we, we've dialed it in for a long time. But, um, my, my point to that was, and I mean, I think that your writing still hits. But it's like, if your stuff's interesting, and it connects and it enters the conversation in people's minds, people will still buy into it. That's why you watch you know, uh, infinity wars for three hours, however long it was. Like, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it, and so that, I I think that like from, from a business perspective, I'm always like, Hey, just put more effort into it, do better work. And, uh, and you're going to have people that buy into it. And those people are going to be much more, um, ready to go down the line with, you know, a product or a service than, you know, a 10 second, 15, seven second TikTok video, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever your superpower is like if you are that engaging on video um you know it still wouldn't hurt to get good at writing um, but i could see if someone wanted to stick with video but i just think writing is a core skill and like you said earlier you can take that i mean god you can go into marketing you can just write ad copy I mean, if you get good at writing ad copy <laughs> you could do well um so i mean there's it's just such a transferable skill and i mean i mean shit now i'm a now I'm, a, I'm an online coach, but I still consider writing just a core part of my business. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it, man. I mean, I know, I know we could riff for forever. It's not, yeah. like I said, always, when, I, when, I'm, when this happens, I'm always like, great. Uh, well, I'll, I'll bring you back here in about uh, three, four months. And yeah, riff, right, riff again, I love it. Because then in the meantime, I'll be able to take notes from your posts, give you more shit about writing a book, and then we can discuss those. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> You got a deal, man. You got a deal. <laughs>
0: but for everybody that does, you know, where, where can, uh, I, I do want to get everybody on to reading uh, what you write, whether it's on Facebook or, you know, like I said, articles that you write. But will you share more about where people can find out more of the stuff that you put out? Absolutely. I'm on
1: Facebook. Uh, under my full name, Brian Cron, B-R-Y-A-N. K R A H N and my my website my blog is briancron.com and yeah that's that's what I do that's where I am that's where I live
0: definitely I would say guys definitely go to uh I say guys and girls definitely go to uh, to the site and read some articles cuz they uh, you like you'll get better as a coach trust me on this right uh, and and like if there's somebody that you should emulate and, and study when it comes to writing Brian's definitely that person uh, so I think you'll get a double whammy uh, I promise you, like make it a little bit of a habit to to mm-hmm. infringe on his site there and, <laughs> and and learn. But uh, hey, thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. This is a ton of fun. I, you know, I really think people will get a lot out of it and, and get some insights. Um, but we will definitely meet again more frequently from now on. Uh, Absolutely. For, uh, sorry, uh, but for uh, everybody that's listening, guys, I always appreciate it. Um, I appreciate your time. And like I said, you could be anywhere else, but as always, man, make sure that, you know, some of the, the insights that Brian shared, put them in a play. Don't just, don't just take, you know, consume the content and don't do anything with it. Make sure you put it to work. Um, And uh, with that said, coach Luca, and uh, we are out of here, my friends. Thanks a lot.